You're listening to a sermon from crckulaman.org. James 1 verse 25 But if you look carefully into the perfect law that sets you free and if you do what it says and don't forget what you heard then God will bless you for doing it. 1 Peter 2 verse 2 Like newborn babies you must crave pure spiritual milk so that you will grow into a full experience of salvation, cry out for his nourishment. Well, good afternoon, everyone. Amen. So delighted to be here and to share with us. Uh, Hazel passes her apologies not to be here. She's, she did her night shift uh, during the night, so she's not here tonight, this afternoon. Well, let's quickly get into the word of God. Uh, the title of my message today is uh, God, the Good Deposit. Would you like to turn with me to the book of First Timothy chapter 6, verse 20? Paul writing to Timothy sings, O Timothy, God, what was committed to your trust. And again, if you see in the message translation, it says, Oh dear Timothy, guard the treasure you were given, guard it with all your life. Amen? When you think of the word guard, the word security guard comes to our mind. You know, the security guard is not placed on a premises to display its uniform, the weapon is carrying. But the very reason why the security guard is placed on a premises is because there's something that is of great value that needs to be protected. There's something of great value that needs to be guarded. So Paul writing to Timothy, he's saying, this is what I want you to do. I want you to guard the deposit that has been entrusted to you. Son, I want you to guard it with all your life because it is worth giving your life for. Amen? So why is Paul encouraging Timothy to guard? Guard it. Why is it Paul encouraging Timothy to guard? If you see in the book of John, chapter 1, Chapter 1, John chapter 1, verse 1, it says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God, and all things were made through Him, and without Him nothing was made that was made. We see the Word of God is the creative Word of God. Amen? It has the power to create things into existence. I remember one time when we went uh, in a Vanuatu colleague of mine and we were running a three-day evangelistic uh, uh, meeting in one village in Papua New Guinea. Uh, as we uh, went to the last day, the leaders of the church decided that we're going to give them a meal. You know, a meal. So the boys decided that they will go hunting. 
I've been hunting with them one time, and it is a very uh, skillful task to go hunting. You need to know the direction of the wind. You also very, have to be very careful about your footsteps. We also need to learn the, the footprints of the animal that you're going to hunt. So the boys decided to go, for hunt, uh, to go, to go and hunt uh, to provide for the evening meal. And just as they're about to go, I said to them by faith, Magani, Magani is more like an animal that looks like a kangaroo. So I said, Magani will come to you. <laughs> so the boys went hunting, and after an hour I saw them come back. I said, what happened? Why so early? He said, just the way you said it, that's what happened. We went to the farmhouse. As soon as we were about to go and hunt, the dogs brought the Magani underneath the house. And that's how we got them. And that's when I begin to think that the God that we serve is the creative God. You know, it can create things out of existence, out of nothing. So here we learn that God is the creative God. And then in verse 4 it says, In verse 5 it says, in verse, sorry, in verse 4, in him was life, and the life was the light of man. We see that not the word of God is not only the creative word of God, it is also the life-giving word of God. Amen. In Proverbs chapter 4, verse 20 to 22, it says, My son, give attention to my words. Incline your ears to my, to my sayings. Do not let them depart from your eyes. Let them keep in the midst of your heart. For they are life to those who find them, and health to all their flesh. And then, then we see in verse 5, it says, And the light shines in darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. We see that the word of God is the creative word of God. We see that the word of God is the life-giving word of God. We now see it's the transforming word of God. It can transform in the, from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. And finally, in verse 14, it says, The word of God became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Here we see the word of God is the incarnated word of God. Amen? In the most beautiful thing, that the Christianity dif differentiates with other religion is that we see that we inhabit the very presence of God. We carry the very presence of God. Amen? You see, when God created Adam out of the dust, he breathed in his nostrils, and Adam became a living being. So when we begin to inhale the word of God in us, we have the capacity, we have the power to create things into existence. There is a power to transform us into, from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. It is the power to give us life. Amen? But the question is it, why is it so difficult? What value that we place on the word of God? You know, let me tell you one story. There was a king who went hunting. So in, as, he was, as, he, as he went hunting, in the process of hunting, he got injured. 
And while in the thick forest, when he was injured, there was an old man in the forest who came to attend to him, took him to his palace, and aided to him, gave him aid. And after that, when he got better, the king decided to reward him. The king said to the old man, my friend, you see all that piece of land there that belongs to you. So as his profession was, as his trade was, what did the old man do? The old man used to cut trees in the forest, burn it as coal, and sell it. So when the, when the old man received the piece of land that was given to him, he was so excited, he was so happy that he was given a big forest that he can now burn it and sell it as coal. So that's what he, that's what he began to do. He started burning the forest, cutting the, cutting the branches, cutting the tree, and start selling the timber, the coal in the market. So after some time, the king thought, let me go visit my friend. Maybe he's very wealthy now. He's got everything that he needs. He don't need to go burn the, burn the tree. So as he came to the place, he, though, he saw the land, you know, the forest burned down, and only few trees uh, standing. The king saw and shouted, hey, my friend, where are you? When he came, the old man came to him. He said, your majesty, only few trees left. I don't know what's going to happen to my family. So what the king said, do you have a knife? He said, give me the knife. He cut one branch. He said, take it to the market. So he took it to the market. He doesn't know about it. So he went down and sat. And somebody saw, how much is it? He said, up to you. He said, okay, I'm going to give you $5. Another man was saying, he said, no, no. My friend, I'm going to give you $10 for that. Another saw, he said, no, no, I'm going to give you $20 for that. No, no, another one said, no, no, I'm going to give you $50 for that. It was a sandalwood branch. And that old man sitting down, heads, hands on his head, thinking, what in the world has he done to the forest? You know, when we don't understand the value of something, what it is capable of, Maybe we can become ignorant. Maybe we don't know what to do with it. But we don't realize the potential that it has, the power that it has. Amen? Let me share you with another story about my favorite man. His name is George Muller. If you have heard of him, he was a missionary to England. And he was looking after the orphans. He was looking after about tens of thousands of orphans started many schools. So his concept, his faith and prayer was purely based on seeing that God's word is going to materialize. That is, he literally believed what God's word can do. He, never, he didn't ask anybody for his needs to meet the needs of the children. He literally went. So what his, what his concept was, when he has a need... He would go into the very presence of God, find the scripture concerning his need, and present it to God. Until he would not find the scripture, he will keep diligently searching and searching the scripture concerning his need. And once he finds that scripture, he will go in the presence of God and tell God about his need. You know, those who have written his biography said, by the time he finished his ministry, 
His net worth was about 90 million dollars, 90 million pounds. The man who believed God's word literally. Amen? So what have we seen? We see that God has the power to create. God has the power to transform. God has the power to give life. You know, when I was serving in Papua New Guinea, as a student, I was given $15 a month as an allowance. 15 You could calculate it, maybe five Australian dollars a month. You know? So somewhere along the line, I heard about the prayer journal. I think it must be Pastor Bill Vasilakis. He must, he must have come to doing one of the lectures and he talked about prayer journals. So what did I do? I started doing a prayer journal, a prayer request. I wrote every need before God. I said, Lord, I need this. I need this. I need this. I mean, $15, what can you buy? So the best thing to do is to write your needs. So I wrote it down and after six months, I went before the Lord and I looked at the piece of paper. I said, this is done. This is done. This is done. This is done. By the time I saw all in six months, God miraculously provided every need. I asked for an electric jug, which I, didn't, I was not able to afford. Somebody gave it to me. I said, Lord, thank you for this need. So after my faith grew a little bit more, I, I decided, okay, $5, I'm going to give this an offering. $5 is for myself. $5, I'm going to support another pastor. So I said, Lord, this is what I'm going to believe now. So as my faith grew in, then I said to the Lord, okay, Lord, I'm now ready for giving $20 to missions. I don't know where it's going to come from, but this is my continual $15 plan. But I want you to give another $20 that I can support the work of missions. That trend, that uh, idea, that faith in believing God, in trusting God, continues until I went back home. My son has seen us doing this as he was growing up. At, at, at our fridge, you'll see the prayer request. Sometimes I don't want to write the needs that I can that I know I can meet, but I begin to write the things that I know it's impossible for me, but it is possible with God because I know that anything I take to God in prayer, He is able to answer it. And I have never seen, I have never seen once God fail. Amen? I've never seen God fail. And I encourage us today. Maybe you have needs. I encourage you to write it down. Make it you know, document it so that God knows that this is your need. And I know he's going to come through for that. Amen? Hallelujah. George Mueller wrote some very interesting things. He said, be assured, if you walk with God and you look to him, expect help from him because he never fails. Amen? That's George Mueller. Why do we need to God? You know, what amazes me about the Word of God is this. That this book is the most remarkable piece of literature this world has ever seen. The Bible has outsold every publication translated in more languages than any other. 
Some people were so committed to the concept of being God's book that they were even willing to die for that proposition. Amen. In the hands of Nero, Emperor Nero, they were fed to the lions. They were burned to the, st- the, burned to the stake by the Queen of England. This is the power that it holds. Amen. Hallelujah. Now let me take us to something that, something that I have personally experienced about the word of God being so powerful when planted in our hearts has the capacity to grow. When I was serving as a second year student, I mean first year, I was sitting amongst the, the second years and uh, that time Pastor Bill and uh, Dr. Rob and uh, they came to conduct a school on how to study the Bible. I do not know if you heard of that. How to study the, uh, how to study the Bible. And I was one of them. I'm one of the candidates that was selected to go. Some of the students were not selected. I mean the second years and they were pretty upset. So here they are sitting down and they were all talking. You know what? Pastor Killer is the senior pastor of the, of the of the local church, he said, he doesn't know how to preach. And I happened to be sitting there and my ears wide open and I heard it. So every Sunday I go to church and guess what? Him being the senior pastor and he'll be preaching the word of God and I begin to assess him. Oh, he's monotonous, he's... his uh, contacts, his out of contacts, his this. So literally this thing was going on and on and on for some time. Until one Friday, we went for prayer. This may be going on for about six months. One Friday went to went for prayer and I said, as I was kneeling down before the altar, I said, Lord, I'm really struggling with this. I want you to help me. You know, as I was praying, literally, I broke. I began to sob. I'm not crying. You know, the difference between crying. Sobbing for me is like, (laughs) this is what I was doing for about half an hour. I was was sobbing. I mean, if it's the right word I'm using. I'm sobbing. I'm Something happened in my heart as I'm, as I'm before the Lord and, I'm, and everyone is silent and I'm the only one who's sobbing before the Lord. And I'm, after I left, I was crying and something is just happening. I said, Lord, I want you to deliver me from this. I am, I'm just finding it so difficult to deal with this. So I was at the prayer mountain that same afternoon and uh, I said, Lord, what do you want me to do? So the Lord said, I want you to go serve him. I want you to go and walk in his garden. So this is what I did. Every, after every day, after the lectures, after work, I would go and walk in his garden, cut the grass, mow the lawn, you know, hedge, trim the hedges, and uh, you know, water the garden. This went on for the whole year that I gave myself serving him. Some people might have thought that I might have another reason why I was doing that. Even at the end of the year, I got a stewardship award. But they don't really know what has happened 
to my heart. Something happened in my heart that broke me. That broke me. And soon and slowly as I gradually served him, I became a son in that house. You see, what I'm trying to say to this to us is this. You know, like the Bible tells us, the sower went sowing. In the process of sowing, some seeds fell in the pathway. Some seeds fell on the rocky ground. Some seeds fell on the thorny ground, thorny bushes. You know, some seeds fell on the good ground. You see, Bible tells us our heart is like the soil. When we are not receptive, when our, soul, when our heart is not cultivated to receive the word of God, we become very critical and we will not bear fruit. Bible tells the enemy comes and snatches. You know, that was happening to my heart. I was sitting down there and every Sunday, day after day, I'm, I'm being so critical. I want you to know, it's so, so easy to criti criticize the man on the platform. But when, we, when, we, when, we, when I get a chance to appear on the platform, I want others to applaud. I want others to be so excited because cheer me up. But when I'm sitting down there, you know, it makes me so difficult as I was assessing, as I was being critical to the person who's delivering. You know what I'm trying to say to us today is this. I had that attitude, something that needed, needed breaking, and God literally broke me. You know, after I left, I learned that Pastor Kila, the senior pastor, went to be with the Lord. But I know something happened in my heart. So when now, when he begins to present the word, it was no longer us, the senior man. It was the men of God presenting the word of God. It was like a father speaking to a son. That's how I responded to the word of God. So what am I trying to say to us is this. You know, the word of God has the power to change us. Word of God has the power to create things into existence. The word of God has the power to deliver us from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. Amen. But what I'm really afraid of is this. The trend that the church these days are going. The way our busy life is surrounded. What really is, frightens me is that we can have a form of godliness, but we can deny its power. That's what really frightens me. As I see my son, as I see my children growing up in the same trend, we can see the men of God who have travailed, people who have travailed in the power of God, seen miracles, signs and wonders happen in their time. What about this generation? Is it just going to be a form of godliness that yes, I'm a Christian, but denying its power, that denying that, that yes, the word of God has a power to create, word of God has a power to transform. Yes, God's word still does miracles today. You know, that's what really frightens me. Amen? And that's what I want to leave with us today. Let us draw to God. Just like George Mueller went before the Lord and seen the hand of God. You know, sometimes I ask myself, when was the last time you read the word of God? You know, in your busy life? And that really knocks my head off, you know? But the temptation that surrounds me every day, I am being challenged that God's word is still the same yesterday, today, and forever. Amen. May the Lord bless us. Thank you so much and God bless you all.